Blog Talk Radio. to the balance Saturday morning, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, still dealing with that turkey hangover, maybe. I think we finished off our leftovers yesterday, but we have got a great show on tap for you today. A little bit of an abbreviated show because of the holiday. Adam Jividen, <clears throat> Adam Jividen, our Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians fan, and a Super Duper Cavs fan, our college football co-pilot. It might be Thanksgiving in the books, and Christmas might be coming up, but Christmas is here today. <laughs> we'll be breaking down this weekend's game, uh, a, a, well, certainly the, the biggest game of the season, of the year, um, is uh, Michigan and Ohio State. And so we've got that breakdown here in just a few moments. We break it down. Uh, Adams, Buckeyes, roll into Michigan in the big house to take on none other than the loved and beloved uh, Jim Harbaugh and his uh, khaki army. Uh, and then we'll break down the rest of the college games uh, that have significance, if you will, and uh, we'll do against the spread, and we'll talk a little NFL, and then we'll let you back with your holiday. My name is Tom Aquasel, Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get good. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. 
Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you what you talking about? Huh? <laughs> All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marklitz, El Presidente, coming to you live from high atop The Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Joining us now is Mr. Adam Jimenez, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan, all-around great dude, and our, our college football co-pilot. How you doing, Adam? How was Thanksgiving? I'm doing – it was good, Tom. How, how was yours, man? Hey, it was good, man. I got stuffed, went over to uh, – my brother's house out in Terre Haute had some a good time out there. Came home and uh, just kind of vegged the rest of the day. Called up and, and watched a little football and uh, called it a day. Did you and Oliver have a good day? We did. We did. We uh, we went over to Fort Wayne. Um, nice. We're with my my family, my mom's side of the family, and, uh, and then came home and then yesterday. Just kind of, kind of relaxed. I was, I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping. I didn't do any yesterday. I do all, almost all online, online, but, but yeah, you're, you're not one of those. You're not one good. of those. Uh, you're not one of those uh, uh, Black Friday early risers. Uh, I mean, I, I used store. to be, but but all of the the deals online are the same, so there's no point. <laughs> we were literally saying that yesterday. I was like. Every place has its on. We went out and got a little lunch, but we didn't, we didn't go anywhere. Yeah, we did. We do everything online. Amazon. We keep it ourselves single handedly. Keep Amazon in business. Well, you know what? It, it, we might you might have your Christmas shopping done. You may not have started your Christmas shopping. Christmas might be officially a day. I mean, a month away. But today is Christmas. If you're a college football fan especially if you're an Ohio State fan. Uh, are you are you ready for this? Because I'm about ready to unleash it. I mean, the question is, are we ready for you today, Adam? <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I hope so. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a, a great, great, great. It's, it, you know, there's a lot of rivalry games out there that we like, like to watch. Obviously, Army-Navy being one of the biggest ones. But this is probably – is often at times referred to as the game uh, by both commentators and fans. And whether or not you're a Michigan fan or an Ohio State fan, uh, the Michigan and Ohio State are top of the two winning uh, programs in, in NFL, NCAA history. And it just so happens that today one of you guys are going to probably end up in the college football playoffs and one of you are not. And that's just the reality of where we're at. But let's start with it, that, but that you're both undefeated. And yep. let's, let, we, we can sprinkle in Jim Harbaugh if needed. But this is, today is not about Jim Harbaugh and his crap. Uh, so it is about the Ohio State Buckeyes going to uh, uh, Michigan and play in Michigan. So first of all, let's see what happens with you as far as the fan goes, and then let's see what happens as far as the actual team goes. So as a fan, I know you're looking forward to this game. What say you, sir? Yeah. You know, as a fan, this is the game that uh, growing up terrified me because I grew up with John Cooper as our head coach, and we could have the best roster in college football. They could be, you know, like eight and four, eight and three at that time, and we would lose the game. Um and then we had the Jim Trussell era where he beat the pants off the skunk weasels every year, and it was tremendous. Um, and then we had, you know, like the one-year hiatus where Brady Hoke got his, his win with arm punt Denard Robinson. And then in rolled Urban, the bad, bad man Meyer, and he just buried him every year. Uh, and then J- Ryan Day. Looked like he was going to continue that trend until the last two years. And there were, my, myself included, me and a, a couple of my friends and, and other guys that either 
follow Ohio State closely or or not. We could not figure out how Ryan Day went from seemingly owning those clowns to we couldn't stop anything. And and you know it's it's hard not to get into the Jim Harbaugh stuff because it's it's influencing the tenor of this game. Not only will he not be on the sidelines, they will still be coached by Sharon Moore, who was their offensive coordinator, but like not having your head coach is a big deal, especially one that has been there in big games before. I mean, against Penn State, they didn't throw a pass for the last 28 minutes. Now, that's on Penn State to stop the run, which they couldn't do, um, but it, it tells you an, an, an unease that they have right now with, with J.J. McCarthy. Uh, as an Ohio State fan, if Ryan Day goes into Ann Arbor and beats those cheating pieces of crap, it, it, it invalidates everything that they've done for the last two years because it proves, especially if we can win big, it proves that the only right way that they got it done was to cheat and to cheat their butts off more than any program has cheated on the field. I've heard this compared to SMU before. This is not SMU. SMU was cheating in their recruiting. There's a difference between cheating in recruiting and cheating on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, there's video evidence of, of in last year's game, TJ Stroud uh, audibles on the first snap, and they had hand motions to audible into the proper defense based off of what we were doing. Um, they said it is said that we were scouted by them a minimum of eight times last year recording the videotapes and the signals and everything. So, you know, the thing is, is the fan in me, I want to, I want to take the, 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 the hammer that we know is coming and I want to beat their brains in with it. And then when the NCAA rolls up, all that's left is a freaking corpse. And we're just going to bury Michigan once and for all, like the losers they are. Well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But I will tell you one thing, Ohio State gets back uh, what I hear is two, two key defenders uh, back against Michigan, uh, and, and that's interior defensive lineman Mike Hall. And, of course, uh, Tommy Elkenberg will be back. Uh, I, I love watching Ohio State, love watching Marvin Harrison Jr. But last year, if we go back last year and uh, the, the huge win that they were able to pull off, Michigan was able to pull off against Ohio. I would, 30, uh, 40 to something. It was a, I don't remember the score. I'm sure you know it. Um, <clears throat> how does Ohio State keep that happening again? Because I'll tell you what, if you look at the analytics and you look at the computer models, a lot of those uh, computer models and analytics are saying that this is going to happen again this year. <clears throat> I, well, so here's, here's the – I don't understand how computer models or analytics are saying it's going to happen this year. Ohio State hasn't given up a single play of 40 yards or greater the entire season. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking 11 games now, not a single play over 40 yards. Last year, they gained 116 yards on all but five plays and gained almost 300 yards on five separate plays. They had a 77-yard touchdown pass, another like 63 or 64-yard touchdown pass, and then three runs that went long. And you can say, well, you know, how does that happen? How do you stop it? Well, it helps when, again, from a cheating perspective, they have the perfect (laughs) offense set up for your defense. Like, this is the thing is we can't just dismiss that. We can't be like, okay, we're going to take that narrative and put them to bed. Because the reality is, is when you know what defense they're running, you can make the perfect play to, to pick it. It'd be like playing Madden, and you're looking over your buddy's shoulder to see what play he selects, and then you select your offensive play. Like, come on now. Stop that. It sounds like, so, I, that I mean, sounds like, it sounds like something you've done but from experience there, Adam. No, I was the one where <laughs> they would be trying to peep off of my freaking controllers. But, no, I, I mean, realistically, I don't – this is the best defense we have fielded in Columbus since either the Chase Young defense that got 
we got so screwed over in the playoffs against Clemson. Or this may be even better than the Clemson, that, that team. We're looking at, like, if, if they can keep Michigan to under 12 points, I think it's under 12. No, it's, it's more than that. It's under 17. So 16 points or less, this is the best defense than the 2002 Ohio State Buckeye defense, which, if you remember, Tom, what did they do that year? They won the national championship against Absolutely. the Miami Hurricanes defense, or the Miami Hurricanes, that everybody said could not be stopped. You're talking that was the Miami team that had Ken Dorsey at quarterback, they had Andre Johnson at receiver, Willis McGahee, Kellen Winslow Jr., um, loaded with defensive dudes, Jonathan Vilma. Um, uh, I mean, it was that team was those teams were those Miami teams were stacked, and that kind of ended after that national championship run for Miami, where they lost to us. Miami just kind of has gone into oblivion. But this is the best defense. They are they are the only team in America surrendering less than three yards per play. Tom, they're allowing two point nine eight yards per play. They've given up six points in two weeks. This game comes down to not can Michigan pop the big plays because I don't nobody's done it. So right now you're going how can they? I don't know. Ohio State's pretty much fully healthy. We're missing one starter and that's Lathan Ransom, but we're filling in Sonny Styles, who's been on the field all season and is shockingly just turned 18 years old. Um, despite starting for a national powerhouse college football program, which is incredible, <laughs> it has filled in his spot. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, as you mentioned, is coming back. The only reason he was gone the last, last week was, well, last two weeks, excuse me, is because they could. They knew they could beat him. We have the depth at linebacker to, to, to beat, obviously, Michigan State and Minnesota. So, They'll, they get Eichenberg back. Mike Hall, who's just a wrecking ball at defensive tackle, is going to be starting opposite Tyreek Williams. This game comes down to three things. And we'll, we can start to break it down now if we want to. But yeah, the, absolutely. The three, things, the three things is the Ohio State defensive line against the Michigan front five. Michigan has several starters that are injured. Um, which y'all, if y'all want to cry about it, Michigan fans, we had our whole freaking line and no running backs last year. So I don't want to hear any of your talk. Um, but, but you're talking, this comes down to the Ohio State front, front four against the Michigan offensive line. If Ohio State defensively can control the line of scrimmage with the defensive line, so they're not having to blitz a ton, and they can devote resources to shutting down Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and then J.J. McCarthy when he tries to scramble, it's going to be a long day offensively for Michigan. On the flip side, if Michigan can control the clock with their running game, you wonder will Ohio State be able to get into a rhythm offensively? Well, absolutely. The next thing I would say it hinges on is the play of McCord and J.J. McCarthy. Whichever quarterback plays better might just seal the deal. And then the last one that, like, nobody's really, really talking about is special teams play because Ohio State's special teams play for the better part of this entire season. Outside of the field goal kicker, our punt coverage, our, uh, our kickoff coverage, what we're getting on returns has been really, really, really poor. If we can just avoid turnovers in the special teams game, I will take it. We just don't want mistakes. Uh, absolutely. And, and Michigan, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, if, even if you're an Ohio State fan, you've got to realize Michigan is a pretty good team. You don't go undefeated uh, and, and be 11-0 and and not be a good team. Just like Ohio State, 11-0 and would not be a good team. Michigan has won the last two uh, against Ohio State and played a really big play offense, which we just talked about. Don't know if that's very likely now. And surpassing 40 points in each of the game. Let's kind of get us into the conversation about the spread of the game. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Wolverines use those results to, uh, to advance and to win the Big Ten championship uh, and to make it to the college football playoffs. 
similar fate awaits the winner of this year's matchup to represent the East Division against Iowa in the in the Big Ten Championship next week. From there, would be a sure thing for the playoff as an undefeated conference champion. Uh, would you agree that you have to beat Michigan today and you have to beat Iowa next week to be in the college football championship playoffs? I uh, have to. Probably, but there's still there's still a, a path if not. So the, the path if not for I, and, I, and I've heard this directly. This isn't just Adam the old, the biased Ohio State fan. Um, this is, <laughs> I've heard no, this from multiple chapters. If, <laughs> if Ohio State loses, let's just say a very close game. Let's just say it's like 23-21, last second field goal type deal or something like that, right? Um, and Washington beats Oregon. Ohio State's still probably in, okay, as the four seed just like last year. We would play Georgia in the first round, and then it would be Michigan and Washington. If, with, with the caveat being Georgia's beating Alabama in the SEC championship game, okay, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, we're getting two SEC teams, you would have Michigan, and then you would have the winner in the Pac-12. Um, Ohio State wins. Ohio State locks in the number two. Again, unless Alabama beats Georgia, in which case Ohio State's the one. Georgia's probably the four. Alabama's the three. Winner of the Pac-12 is the two. Um, Because they wouldn't want an Alabama-Georgia rematch um, in the first round. That would be... They would hopefully – the powers that be would want to see that in a second if they could um, in the title game. If the other scenario really that plays out as far as seeding is Ohio State wins, um, you have Georgia won. Again, we're going to assume they're going to beat Alabama. I just don't think Alabama has the horses to beat Georgia. Um, so you go Georgia won, Ohio State two. If Oregon beats Washington, which I think will happen, Oregon, Oregon, to me, very clearly looks like the, the third best team in the country. Um, Oregon would be in the three spot. And then the four spot would probably go to um, Texas if Texas can win out. Or because we, we don't know what's going to happen with Florida State because Jordan Travis is done. Um, last week, the, the 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 quarterback for Florida State was pretty seriously injured, um, hurt hurt his knee real bad, and and he's done. So we have to see if Florida State can beat Louisville, or even if Florida State could beat Florida today. Um, that's a mm-hmm. that's a big question mark. Um, so they have two tough games left. So the nod would seemingly go to Florida State if they can win out, maybe because. I don't know how, you know, it's tough to put a team in, in a four-seed playoff when they don't have their starting quarterback and play a really weak conference schedule um, over a Texas that has just one loss but also has the best non-conference win of the season in going to Alabama and winning in Tuscaloosa. So I would, lean towards, I would lean towards a Final Four if Ohio State wins of Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon. And I think it's going to play out where it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Texas. So you'd have Georgia, Texas in the 1-4 matchup and Ohio State, Oregon in the 2-3 matchup. Well, it's going to be interesting. It all comes down to what happens today. And let's let's hope and pray that everybody at Ohio State can keep it together. I'll be rooting for the the Buckeyes today. Uh, you know, I, I've become a, I, I, the Buckeyes have have grown grown on me. I have no no uh, no Big Ten uh, dog in the fight. So hey, why not why not Ohio State to win the Big Ten? But Iowa could create chaos for Ohio State if uh, if they beat Ohio State in the in the Big Ten championship next week. Uh, if they play Ohio State in the Big Ten uh, championship, so. Uh, Iowa is that, that team that can create chaos. Um, really, if you want to look at the reality is, uh, 
uh, Iowa could be the deciding factor on who plays on at the Orange Bowl and uh, who plays uh, at the Rose Bowl, if you will. Uh, and uh, they, they, so I think I think the I think the most likely scenario, though, Tom, is actually would be Alabama Georgia. I, I, Iowa just doesn't have an offense. I I don't see I don't see Iowa scoring more than ten points against either Ohio the, State or Michigan. You talking about in the Rose Bowl? No, no, no. I'm saying for for the Big Ten championship game next week. Oh. I don't care if it's Ohio State or Michigan. I don't think Iowa scores more than ten. I think the most likely scenario for chaos is Alabama upsetting Georgia in the SEC championship game next week. You're probably right, and that's going to be great to great to watch. If we go by the expert and the and the uh, simulators, uh, we're simulators that depending on, on what side of the fence you're on. Georgia, Oregon in the Sugar Bowl, Michigan versus Florida State in the Rose Bowl, and uh, Ohio State versus Louisville in the Orange Bowl, and Texas versus Tulane in the Fiesta Bowl. Those are your expert picks of who, who's going to be in what bowl. We don't know yet. We're going to find out. That's that's for sure. Well, let's just go ahead and, and, and go in against the spread, and uh, we'll go into the, the spreads that I've got. Of course, obviously looking at uh, Ohio State and Michigan, I'm going to go against uh, the uh, analytics who say that uh, to pick Michigan against the spread here, I'm going with Ohio State, and the spread is three and a half uh, based on my what I see here. It might vary from different uh, simulators to different uh, sport books or whatever. But what say you on the spread, sir? It doesn't necessarily indicate a win or a loss. It just – Ohio State's gonna win. Ohio State's gonna win. I'm gonna. I will never pick against Ohio State against Michigan. Um, but beyond that, I, I think this Ohio State team is peaking at the right time. Uh, the last three weeks, we have been playing the best football we have all season. Offense is is getting into them. Travion Henderson, it, he looks like um, a faster version, uh, maybe a little bit less power than the uh, Ezekiel Elliott that rushed us to the 2012 national title game. Um, Y'all remember that one when he, you know, rolled over Alabama in the first playoff, um, first first year of the college football playoff on our way to a title um, with Urban Meyer. Um, I just think if you look, Ohio State has the the best player at multiple position groups. Um, and the loss of Jim Harbaugh cannot be understated. He will not be on the sidelines. They will be having an offensive coordinator making crunch time decisions and while also trying to coach his team and his quarterback. I just don't. I think Ohio State extracts a large amount of revenge um, the la- <laughs> of, of the last two years um, on this game, and I think Ohio State wins. My my bet is 27 to 17 with a late Marvin Harrison Jr. touchdown um, to kind of distance the, the, the to put the to put the game away. 27-17, Ohio State not only obviously covers the spread but wins. And for those of you that don't know a ton about the spread either, I don't bet, but I do know anything under three to the home to the home team is considered a coin flip. So uh, they essentially give three points for the home team. So it's Mm -hmm. essentially, it's a half, it's a half point spread. If it was on a neutral field, which is as close to a coin flip as it gets. Absolutely. Well, let's go on to some other games. Believe it or not, there are some other games going on today. UK and Louisville, a great interstate matchup and rivalry for that matter. I'm not a UK fan by any stretch of the imagination, Uh, but uh, I do have family and stuff that went to UK, so I could show some love to UK. The spread is six and a half, so I'm going with UK over Louisville on the spread. So which basically means if you pick Louisville on the spread, they need to win by at least seven. If you pick Kentucky Wildcats, they need to either win, lose, or tie by no more than six points. And that's the direction I'm going. What say you on UK and Louisville, sir? I'm actually going to take Louisville to cover. Um, Mark Stoops' squad this year. Is not as good as the one from from some previous seasons. Um, I'm going to take Louisville to cover to to 
head in with momentum to the ACC championship game next year or next week, excuse me, where they will be playing uh, Florida State. So I've got I've got Louisville winning and covering. I think they'll win by I'll say nine. So we move on down to a game that's always fun to watch. It is a great rivalry. Uh, really doesn't mean a lot in the scheme of things, but however, Auburn can play chaos. Uh, against uh, I almost said Atlanta, Alabama today uh, spread is fourteen and a half. Obviously, Alabama's coming in at number eight, uh, ten and one. Uh, the Auburn Tigers are six and five. They are at home. You, you, you throw in that home field factor. I still don't think that's enough. Uh, the the spread is is uh, fourteen and a half. So I, I predict that Alabama will win by at least fifteen points. Uh, but the spread is fourteen right. and a half. What say you, sir? Alabama's gonna roll. Auburn's a mess. Um, you know, this is their this is their first year with Hugh Freeze at coach, um, who did great things at Liberty, uh, who's also undefeated. I would like to point that out. Um, but uh, you know, Auburn Auburn's a disaster. They were left by Brian Harson with a lot of he kind of burned a lot of relationships and their recruiting base didn't recruit well. Auburn's got they they've got a, an uphill climb, especially knowing now that Oklahoma and Texas are about ready to enter um, the conference next year. I think Auburn kind of gets the old the old curb stomped. Uh, they get boat raced today by by Alabama, who, despite all of the flaws that this roster has, is going to go to the SEC championship game most. I mean next week and. Who knows? You know, in, Orange, in a Georgia-Alabama game, kind of all bets are off. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I expect I expect Alabama, though, to win handily um, well over two scores. Auburn is just a disaster. We've got Arizona on the road to Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State's a hot mess, uh, three and eight. Uh, they're at home, but I don't think that's going to matter much for Arizona. The spread is 12 and a half. It makes sense. Uh, for you to to go with Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats to win by at least 13 points. What say you, sir? Yeah, Arizona's like Arizona is rolling. Um, they they are kind of the one of the handful of teams uh, that um, is being kind of touted as proof that this is the best conference in the country up in the Pac-12, and they're not wrong. You know, with they've got Oregon and Oregon State. Oregon State's lost the last two weeks to both Oregon and Washington. Otherwise, their record would be um, better than indicated. But they've got, you know, Arizona that is is playing really, really well. Utah's been a tough out every year. Um, and they've been playing all season without their starting quarterback, Cam Rising. Um, it's a really, really deep conference. And, and Arizona's really good. Um, I think they're going to win today, handily, cover the spread, and then head to a bowl game, and they're going to lay a hurting on somebody um, before they shift to the Big 12 next year with this kind of uh, the way that the Pac-12 has dissolved. So they are they are ending – they're having their last Pac-12 game winning in style uh, against Arizona State. Well, let's uh, move on to the BYU Cougars. They're on the road against the number 20 Oklahoma State Cowboys, 8-3. I take the home field advantage here. The spread is 17-and-a-half. I don't see that that uh, BYU uh, Cougars are going to either win, lose, or tie by no more than 17. So, for that matter, I'm going with uh, Ohio- Oklahoma State at, uh, at the number 20 Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, yep. my gosh, you can't talk. 17-and-a-half. Yeah, BYU's been uh, been struggling uh, this year, um, so I I would as well. I'm going to lean towards taking. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State to cover the spread. I don't think Oklahoma State is is as good as they as they have been in the past, but I I still think they are good enough to get the job done uh, against against BYU today. How much is the spread, Tom? Can you remind me on that though? 17 uh wait a minute i think it's 17 and a half let me go back no i'm sorry it's uh 16 and a half a 16 ah oh, man that's a big spread but i i i still think they'll they'll get it done 
move over to another fun game to watch today, and there's some chaos that could be created here. Washington State Cougars uh, are on the road against number four Washington Huskies. They are 11-0. This is another one of those scenarios. What if a undefeated team goes down? What happens in the college football championship? You were just kind of talking about this scenario, the, the spread that I have here. Let me pull it back up. I'm so sorry. I got to talk it. Uh, it's 15 and a half. Uh, I still, though, think Washington's going to win, but I don't think that the Washington Huskies are, are going to win by at least 18. And so I go with on the spread. I'm going with the Washington State Cougars. They must either win, tie, or lose by no more than 17 points. And I think they will lose by less than 17 points, but they will lose uh, the Washington Huskies and the Washington State Cougars. What say you, sir? Yeah, I've got Washington winning the game. But I'm kind of in your camp, Tom, where Washington hasn't looked as polished here late in the season as they did earlier. Penix um, is playing well, but I think he's tightening up, knowing that, like, he was essentially named the Heisman frontrunner, and then the last couple of weeks he's not played super well, um, which can happen uh, when you start to feel the pressure of trying to win the Heisman. Um, and, and so now I, I think actually the Heisman frontrunner at this point is like Bo Nix, who's been in, you know, in college since like the Reagan administration. But uh, yeah, I think, I, I, think um, I think Washington wins. But to your point, I think that Washington State keeps it closer than expected, um, and and they they cover the spread. Now let's uh, talk about another uh, game, uh, really a a mess of a rivalry. That's Florida State. We've been talking about them today. We've been talking about them all season. Florida State against the Florida Gators. I watched the Florida Gators and the Missouri Tigers last uh, last week, and I've been kind of following the Missouri Tigers mostly so I could talk trash with my boss at work. But nonetheless, I, uh, I've been following the Missouri Tigers, and they struggled against Florida uh, big time. I mean, in, in fact, you, you would think there were, for a moment that Florida was going to beat Missouri. Missouri ended up winning. Uh, and this game yesterday, <laughs> Missouri uh, and Arkansas, but uh, Missouri's going to be playing on New Year's Day. But uh, I digress. Florida State Seminoles, they're also 11 and 0. The same scenario, we repeat the same scenario, insert name here. If a undefeated team gets beat today, are they going to be in the college football playoffs? And uh, I think Florida State's got everything that they, they need to make it happen. Uh, the spread, is, I believe, is six and a half. Let me double check on that. Uh, the spread is six and six and something. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, the spread is six and a half. I'm so sorry. The spread is six and a half. Um, I certainly think Florida State will win this, and they they've got to win by at least seven points, which I think they can do. But Florida yesterday. Last week proved to me that they have all the makings of a chaos team, and we like chaos on the show. What are your thoughts, sir? I, I, I mean, I don't know that we can say Florida State's certainly going to win when Florida State's starting quarterback got hurt last week. And and you and like no I heard some people, some college football analysts are like, yeah, but they recovered really nicely yeah, against North Alabama. Like, sure, they recovered nicely to beat a team that. Is not a freaking power five team. Of course, they should win handily. <laughs> like all you're doing is pointing out what they should have done, even with the backup quarterback. I don't know that this game isn't a Florida upset. With with when Jordan Travis went down, it changes everything. I I regardless of this week, I think Florida State is losing. One of the next two games, either to uh, to Florida today or to Louisville next week. I just do not see them being undefeated. And frankly, even if they are undefeated, I don't think they should be put into the college football playoff. They were – I was waiting for that. The reason that you they, want Florida State to lose is because you don't want to have to deal with them with the possibility of being in a college football championship playoff. I get it. I well, understand. It's 
It's not even that. It's they were they looked bad throughout the season. Had an easy schedule, and your best player and starting quarterback just got hurt. I'm not. I, no, if I, I'm, I, I, if I, I, I'm I, ranking I, the teams right now, and you exclude Michigan because I think they should be excluded because of the cheating scandal, but I right. would say the top five teams in the country does not include Florida State. It's it's in any order. It's Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Washington, and Texas. I don't think Florida State can beat any of those teams. So if they can't beat any of those five, why should they have the playoff spot? Because they played an easy schedule? No. Hey, we, we, we've talked about streaks of schedule for how many, how many years have we talked about streaks of schedule when it comes to the playoffs? And it never, there's never a winning argument there uh, on strength of schedule. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just saying that I feel like that Florida State can beat Florida. But you're right. I think, I think Florida State that, could beat – yeah, could Florida State beat Florida? Sure, but Florida has six wins or seven wins, yeah. six or seven wins. I, I don't five wins. Well, that's five wins. Okay, right. Oh, five wins. I was I was giving them too much credit. Um, <laughs> could they beat Florida? Yes, but 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 Tom, could they beat Texas? No, I mean I'm not disagreeing with you. Washington, that. and that and that's that's my point, and that's the point that I think people are overlooking right now is, especially without Jordan Travis, Florida State yeah. would get manhandled. By any one of those five teams, and even that's if you a, want that, to include Michigan, probably them too. That's a that's a variable for sure. Well, let's talk about another big game going on today. It's always a good matchup when you see Notre Dame and Stanford. Notre Dame's on the road to Stanford. Stanford's three and eight. Uh, Notre Dame is eight and three. Notre Dame has kind of been struggling, but I, I think that they'll be okay today. Uh, I mean, the, the spread is twenty four and a half. Uh, I, I, I don't see a major problem here with Notre Dame, but it's Notre Dame. We've got to talk about Notre Dame. Uh, and we haven't really talked a lot about it this, this year. I mean, we have, but not near as much as we have in years past. But if you pick Notre Dame fighting the Irish, they must win by at least 25 points, which I think they can do. Uh, and uh, against the Stanford Cardinals, uh, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than 24 points. What do you, and they are at home, but I, I don't think that's enough to push the needle one way or the other away from the spread of Notre Dame covering on the road. Yeah, Stanford's, Stanford's a mess. They're, they're just – I think in today's current dynamic with the NIL and the transfer portal, Stanford's in a rough, rough spot. Uh, realistically, you know, they've been kind of on a downward trajectory for the last several years. Notre Dame goes as Sam Hartman goes. Um, when Hartman plays well, they win. When he doesn't, they don't. Um, it's kind of that simple. Um, I do think, I do think Ohio State is, excuse me, not Ohio State. I do think Notre Dame is going to cover just because I think Sam Hartman has also been in college for like an eternity. Um, and I think this is one of those things the that, yeah, I, I, I feel like, like Hartman, this is his last game. He's going to go out with a, a big win. Not, excuse me, last regular season game because he'll play in the bowl game. But this is going to be their last, uh, the last game for for him in the regular season. And I think they win and win kind of handily. All right, last undefeated game uh, team to talk about uh, is Georgia. They go against Georgia Tech. Yellow Jackets. Uh, they are on the road. I mean, in any, I don't see a world at all, anywhere, shape, form, or manner that that the Bulldogs will win by less than 24 points. So for that, I'm taking the spread all day long with the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, they must win by at least 24 points. They will. However, if you if you're so inclined to go with the home team, uh, the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets, they must either win, tie, or lose by no more than 23 points or 24 points. Sorry. Uh, and to cover this spread there. What say you, Georgia, Georgia Tech? I'm trying to remember, Tom, when was the last time Georgia Tech was competitive in this game? It was probably when Calvin Johnson was suiting up for them. And he's not only had a collegiate career, he had an NFL career, and he's already in the, in the Hall of Fame. So we're talking that long since the Georgia-Georgia Tech game has been competitive. 
Um, yeah. Georgia's going to roll. Yeah. Georgia Tech, I, I this is one of those quote-unquote rivalry games that you're like, it's another layup for Georgia, and, like, the analysts act like it's a big game still because, like, I guess it used to be. It did used to be, but it hasn't been for years. Like, the last time that Georgia Tech was competitive, period, it's been at least 15 years, I would say, since we've seen a good Georgia Tech squad take the field. I, I just – yeah, Georgia's going to win by 24. Like, it's not even a question. The question really is going to be is how long does Georgia want to play at starters knowing that Alabama is coming into town – or not into town, but, I mean, it's in Atlanta, so basically Georgia has – Georgia could take a bike ride to freaking uh, Atlanta to play the SEC championship game. Um, so – yeah, could could Georgia Tech pull off the upset? I mean, like maybe if the Georgia team bus crashes, I don't know. Like that's kind of the only scenario is 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 Georgia not being able to come through the game. Right, like, right. 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 A slight crash, you know, so there's this late to the game. Still crash. I got, I got you. I'm with you. All right, yeah, last, yeah, yeah, like maybe they go to a game then, uh, or something. Yeah, last game, and then we're going to talk about some NFL games we've seen this week, uh, and we'll wrap it up and put a bowl on it here. Uh, but we've got uh, Iowa State on the road against Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State doing good, 8-3. and three. Um the spread is uh, the eleven and a half. I think is what it was when I when I checked it last. Uh, spread is well, I'll tell you in two seconds. Up oh, the spread is ten. I still go with with uh, with Kansas uh, here to to win um, and cover the spread at ten. Um, what are your thoughts, Iowa State and Kids Day is going to cover. Matt Campbell should have left Ames forever ago. His star was incredibly bright, and he stayed around too long. I mean, he's still, yeah, like a superhero there in Ames, Iowa, but he, he should have left and taken a better, better program. Um, now his head coaching talent is just kind of being wasted. Um, but I, I think – Kansas State's going to cover. Um, Iowa State is just – it's kind of one of those. They're outgunned, overpunched, and they're just – yeah. I think Kansas State wins. Wins handily, covers the spread. So I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is going to be to this, but out of all the undefeated teams that we are looking at and for the college football playoffs, what's the one team will not be undefeated next week? Uh, I'm going to go Florida State and Michigan. Florida State and Double Michigan. Double loss. <laughs> you're, 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 and there's your path to the college football championship, even if you get a loss today. I love it. Love the optimism. What's the total amount of points today between Ohio State and Michigan, you think? I know you told me earlier, like 46 or something? I said Ohio State wins 27-17. Okay, so you're saying – 30. What's that? Uh, 44? What's the over-under on that game, Tom? On the Ohio State game? Yeah. Uh, stand by. Stand by. Stand by. I've heard it's like 46. There's just so many games yesterday have to float, float through the – float through everything. Just had it here too. Just had it. Forty-eight and a half is a ooh. Take that under. Over under. I'm taking it. Take the under. Well, so I think we already had that. I think we already had forty-eight and a half. Yeah, I I think it's forty-four. So I would I if I'm if I'm you, Tom, I'm taking the under. All right, we'll go. We'll go with the under on that, and we'll and we'll see what happens. Let's just stick on uh, football here. Uh, t- uh, typically, we talk uh, NFL with Ed Kratz. Ed Kratz is 
I got a lot, a lot of stuff going on today, and uh, he's got some family stuff going on, so he couldn't join us. So we just combined uh, one show today, uh, and uh, we wanted to make sure we get to some NFL talk. Let's talk about the games that we've seen over Thanksgiving weekend. We'll start yesterday with the Dolphins and the Jets. The Jets are a joke, but now the Jets, again, prove to me what what a disaster. And, and I'm just talking about the – the uh, oh, at the field go basically a fight, and one one of the refs, Black Friday, couldn't have been any bleaker for the New York Jets, and and uh, they've been been running off their field, and it's just been been crazy with with the Jets. But last night there was a fight, uh, and um, Dolphins tackle Austin tackle one of the players involved in the middle of the action ended up getting ejected after they finally calmed down, but. One of the refs got a busted lip, and when that happens, somebody's getting paid, uh, getting fined, and somebody's getting kicked out. Did you see that? I I saw the highlight. I didn't watch the game because I knew it was going to be terrible. Uh, that game uh-huh. was set on the schedule before Aaron Rodgers got hurt, obviously, and that's one where I was uh-huh. like, man, y'all should be flexing that game out because that matchup sucks. Um, and it does. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing for. The, the really the biggest takeaway from that game is that Jalen Phillips, the outside linebacker uh, for the Dolphins, that's been playing pretty well uh, this season, uh, tore his Achilles. And this is actually his second Achilles tear on the same leg, and he may be done. Like, call it a career done. Um, he tore his Achilles back when he was with uh, – I remember if it was at, when he was at UCLA or if he was at Miami. He was at UCLA when he tore his Achilles the first time, and then he transferred to Miami, had a great senior season, got drafted in the first round uh, by the Dolphins. But to tear it on the same leg again, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty yeah, devastating. Uh, um, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how you recover from that. Um, not even Aaron Rodgers' you know, voodoo witch doctors could get somebody back from two Achilles tears. Um, but – I, yeah, that, it was it was a mess. The games over the weekend, by and large, were you know the the the, the Lions showed exactly why Jared Goff is not a like he's he's okay, but he's not. I just don't see Jared Goff winning big games in when it matters. Um, and then at the same time, Dan Campbell as their head coach was overly aggressive, and it cost them, I'd say, at least nine points. They had they had three different times where they were inside the 40 and went for it on fourth down and didn't convert a single time. Um, and and if, you're, if you're the team, you got to go, Coach, like, <laughs> you, you keep on – you're kind of – you're shooting us in the foot, man, like – the the the, the yeah, Packers I, I, I really, really well and to and to not and to not reward your offense for the for getting down the field because they ended up losing mm-hmm. by seven you know they got that late touchdown I mean right. the late touchdown that they got could have been going to win the game had they just taken the darn field goals absolutely well I I, I was a disappointing loss for the Lions I, I've I've been in their corner and still in their corner. But I just, you know, it's the Packers, for God's sake. They, they, they've been a train wreck all, all year long. Let's move on to uh, the other game on Thursday, another game on Thursday. The Cowboys just totally, you get, use your word, curb stopped uh, the Commanders uh, and 45 to 10. Cowboys are on a roll this, this year, but, man, the, the Commanders also are a, uh, a hot mess. Any takeaways on that game? Um, we can say the Cowboys are on a roll, but the teams that they have beat are horrible. We don't really know how good the Cowboys are. Uh, the commanders are a mess. They need to fire Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera tried to scapegoat his good friend, Jack Del Rio, because Ron Rivera is a supreme dickhead. Um, and, I mean, you take, away, you take away the team's top two pass rushers because you traded them away for peanuts, and then you also – Ron Rivera chose to draft Emmanuel Forbes, who as a rookie corner has been horrible. Um, Their other corners are out, so they give up points and then you fire him. Like, what's the guy supposed to do? I suppose Jack Del Rio is just going to be happy because he's going to be making some money off the commanders for firing him because they're going to have to pay out the rest of his contract. 
where he can get to just spend some extra time with his family before inevitably Ron Rivera gets his pink slip. And I hope they promote Eric Bieniemy to the head coach of the Washington Commanders. He deserves it. Um, and then they can also probably have Bieniemy move on from Sam Howell because he's not good. Uh, I mean, he had he actually had like a solid game. Uh, if you just look at the numbers, it's just that team is a freaking disaster. And I put it square on the shoulders of Riverboat Ron, who you can tell uh, Adam is not a, a fan of one Ron Rivera. I think he is. I think he is one of the most me first coaches in the NFL. Well, you know the best job to have is to be the, a very bad college football coach or a very bad NFL coach. What's the very yeah, best be good job enough, you can be, have? Be good, enough, <laughs> be good enough to get a head coaching job and then bad yeah. enough to lose it. <laughs> That's the best um, job to have. Because, I mean, man, alive. Those guys, they get paid yeah, so yeah. much. I mean, Jimbo Fisher, man. Jimbo yeah. Fisher, he's, he's making $80 million the next several years to do – Absolutely nothing, and and I. What do you what do you want to bet? He'll be back on the sidelines. You know where I think he's going to be next year. I think he will be in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Back on the sidelines yeah. with Nick Saban. I, I I don't disagree with that at at all. Well, uh, let's put on our Homer caps uh, separately. Uh, obviously, my Homer caps caps. My Homer cap is the Colts. Uh, they host the Buccaneers. Uh, my, minus one Shaq Leonard. I, class act. I mean, I like him. He was good in his time. And I joke about it, but his his downfall happened when he changed his name. He should have stayed with Darius Leonard, and all would be good in the world. But they released him and said, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. He had said, hey, I want a meeting in November. He got his meeting in November. Well, I thought it was really classy, though. He didn't have to go ahead and do his turkey drive uh, that he had already had scheduled, but he did. I thought that was a class act, and he gave a lot of time to the reporters. Um, you know, I, I think that, that you and I talked about where he would end up at. Uh, the Dolphins are a good scenario. I talked in great length with Ed about uh, him ending up with the Eagles. There's going to have to be some financial stuff happen. They're 24th on the pickup wire. It just may not be enough there for the Eagles, and, and I think, as you said, it doesn't make sense uh, for him to end up there. But 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 the, the, where I heard uh, possibly is the the Dolphins or the Raiders. What are your, where are your thoughts there? Where Leonard ends up next? It may not be this season. Well, especially probably will be especially after especially after Jalen Phillips got hurt against the Jets last night. No, no, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yes, Jalen Phillips sorry. is an out, Jalen Phillips is an outside linebacker. What is Shaq right. Leonard? An outside yeah. linebacker. Like he can play outside. He can play inside. He can play anywhere. Um, I also think the the, the 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 talk going around that Shaq Leonard is not what he used to be. Okay, he's not what he used to be because he used to be the best linebacker in the NFL. He's not anymore. But the dude can still play. Like this narrative going around that he's washed up, I, I don't think couldn't be more incorrect. He just can't carry a defense that, frankly, is kind of outmanned um, in a lot of different positions. I, I don't – you know I've been critical of, of Chris Ballard for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't – I think some of the, the players that he is selecting don't don't make sense. Like the guys he's choosing to stick with to resign versus other guys. I just – there's almost no rhyme or reason to it. Pay Shaq Leonard because they're going to eat a lot of his cap. I mean, if if you wanted him to go get a shot at a ring, I guess that's what you were – why you did I don't know. I It was it was a very head-scratching move, especially because the Colts weren't exactly contending at the trade deadline. They could have traded him. Even if you get a sixth or a seventh-round pick for him, it's something, and then that other team has to pick up a large part of his cap hit. Instead, they just cut him, and they're going to eat all of it. I just – I think it just kind of goes to show what I've been saying for a long time, which is that the Colts are one of the worst-run franchises in the league now because it's very obvious that there is uh, – that the, the majority of the decisions are coming from Jim Ursay over on 56th Street, not from 
somebody that actually, you know, like knows football. So what are your – Jim did know football at one point, but he doesn't anymore. Do the Colts get a win tomorrow? Against the Buccaneers? Um, yeah. I would – I'm going to say no because of one reason and one reason only. I still want the Colts high enough on the draft list to maybe even make a trade. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. to be here. Tom, if the the Colts got Marvin Harrison Jr., I would pre-order that jersey that night. Um, I had a a Peyton jersey. I had a Marvin Harrison Sr. jersey. My Peyton Manning jersey got stolen. My Marvin Harrison jersey got ruined in the washing machine. Um, So... I uh, I would I would I would drop the 150 for Marvin Harrison on draft night. Um, but there you go. No, I I think I do I do think the Colts though realistically don't don't win this game. And again, Colts fans like the people that are listening that are going, oh, you just don't like the Colts. Yeah, it's actually the opposite. I love the Colts. I've been a Colts yeah. fan since I was a kid. I used to go to training camp when it was at Anderson. Years ago, before it like left and they yeah. came back and then left again, um, I yeah. had like Marshall Falk like gloves. Like I loved the Colts. The best thing for the Colts is to lose and get draft position. They need it. They need a superstar player that can help propel them forward. We've kind of seen that happen with the Vikings and Justin Jefferson, or what what the Bengals have been able to do and turn around really really quickly. But they the need that guy. The thing you got, I wonder, is okay. You get a position to get Marvin Harrison Jr. hypothetically here, uh, and then Chris Ballard goes, "No, we're going to go in a different direction." And that would not surprise me, Adam. That would not if, surprise if, me. If Marvin all. Harrison was on the board, if Marvin Harrison was on the board, and he took, let's just say, Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, or even Olu uh, Olu Fashinu, who is the consensus top-rated tackle from Penn State. If Marvin Harrison was on the board and he didn't take him, I'm pretty sure all of Indianapolis would storm and, and the dude would get, like, not – okay, we'll, we're not going to say he's going to get, like, strung up because that's really terrible and racist. He will get put they – will, they will bring the stocks back and put him in the stocks to let people, like, throw rotten tomatoes and eggs at him downtown on the circle, like – it would, agree. Be, it's gonna, it would be ugly. It would be so, ugly. If you, so final if you question here. Junior and you don't take so final question here, uh, because we've got to wrap it up and put a bow on it. Have you got your Joe Flacco jersey yet? <laughs> no, I will not have a Joe Flacco jersey. He's not starting this week. Do I, do I think he will end up starting for the Browns in some capacity? I actually do. Um, I think there's – you know, there's going to be some, some games where we need somebody with experience. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how DTR does. I think that they do get a win tomorrow over the Broncos. I think Miles Garrett is going to rack up. Russell Wilson looks like he's running in quicksand, like always. Um, and I think Miles Garrett's going to pick up, like, three sacks tomorrow to stretch his total for the season to 16 sacks with five games left, which would be, I mean, Dad, he's Miles, – Miles is eaten, um, and, and he is going to further strengthen his case for Defensive Player of the Year uh, tomorrow against the Denver Broncos. Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, Super Guardians fan, uh, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Deeper Cavs fan, our college football co-pilot, all-around good dude. Joining us here to help us with our turkey hangover. Uh, I always ask when people could find your work and masterpieces, but I just know you're out. I know you're out there making the world a better place. You're out. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, man. Uh, have a great weekend, and we will circle back next week for conference championship weekend, right? I mean, the playoff, we- it's right on our doorstep, Tom. Hey man, I'm 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 all in for the Buckeyes today. So go Bucks. Let's see, let's make it happen. That sounds good. Go Bucks, baby. All right, Tom. Oh, you guys better. have a good weekend, yeah, and we'll bye. talk soon. Yeah, it's my bye. Adam Jimmin helping us break down the big game today. Ohio State football versus Michigan State at the Big House. It's going to be interesting.
We've got some uh, undefeated teams. Somebody's going to go down today. Uh, not be, there's going to be at least one team that's not undefeated after today. And that's either going to be Michigan or that's going to be Ohio State. Thanks, Adam, for helping us with that. And then, of course, our college regular college football segment against the spread. And uh, talking a little bit of NFL. We'll get back on track with the NFL next week with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Inside.com. And as Adam says, we'll be talking next week about all of the uh, happenings, if you will, uh, the, this past week. My name is Sean Marquez, El Presidente. It's, it's about time for the uh, shootout at the big house. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. But uh, I'm out of here. Deuces. Don't drink and drive. It ain't cool. We'll see you on the other side.